fait j'ai voulu te, te téléphoner Pour te, te demander Allo quelque chose quoi Okay, thank you to Zap Mama for Allo Allo and Allo to all of you listening out there, whether on the radio or streaming worldwide at WOMR.org. I'm Jeanette de Beauvoir and this is Arts Week. There's a lot going on in theater on the Cape right now and what better way to spend a cold winter evening. We've got some options for you. Produced in conjunction with the Provincetown Playwrights Lab, the Provincetown Theatre is presenting the 14th annual 24-hour plays at the company's Playhouse. That's Saturday, March 2nd at 7.30 p.m., Sunday, March 3rd at 2 p.m. This is the longest-running consecutive 24-hour plays in Massachusetts, with seven brand-new 10-minute plays that will be written, rehearsed, directed, teched, and performed for an audience all within 24 hours. I personally think it's madness, but it's wonderful madness. You can find out times and tickets to get over there to see it at provincetowntheater.org. That's theater with an E-R dot org. But even before that, the Helltown players are presenting the debut of their inaugural production, Little Devils, an extraordinary showcase of six short plays that embody the creative spirit and diversity of Cape Cod's playwrights. This eclectic collection, written by six Helltown Players trustees, features both award-winning pieces and world premieres, each offering a unique perspective that ranges from entertaining and hilarious to inspiring and heartwarming. The same set of plays will be performed at two Cape Cod venues in Provincetown from February 8th to the 18th and in Orleans from February 29th to March 10th. More info, time, and tickets are all at helltownplayers.org. Helltown Players was founded in the spring of 2023 by eight playwrights and theater enthusiasts with Outer Cape connections who wish to support local homegrown theater. So go and check that out. And at the Cape Symphony, it's the James Bond experience, music behind the man. The concerts are on February 24th and 25th, and they'll take audiences through some of the greatest hit music from the James Bond movie franchise, including Goldfinger, For Your Eyes Only, Live and Let Die, and Nobody Does It Better. Whether you like your martini shaken, stirred, or any other way, the James Bond experience is going to be a great time. Experience this classic, iconic music of Bond films spanning more than five decades from classics by Shirley Bassey and Paul McCartney to blockbuster hits by Adele and Billie Eilish. The concert is about two hours long, including a 20-minute intermission, and you can get tickets at capesymphony.org. And today and all weekend, it's the Provincetown Prowl Scavenger Hunt. Starts at Joe Coffee on Commercial Street in Provincetown, where you'll get a digital quest from your live and interactive remote host. Then you'll take off on your own to experience a wide variety of carefully curated locations in town. You'll walk or drive to the various checkpoints, interpret creative tasks, accept wacky challenges, and definitely get outside your comfort zone. 
It's both family and dog friendly. It alternates between indoors and outdoors with plenty of bonus challenges. You will be texting photos and videos to your remote host who cheers you on and assists as you play so that you can also document your progress. It's $24 per ticket and you can get them at Eventbrite. All right, well, so I'm very excited to have with me today, Bill Rail. Um, he is the new executive director of 20 Summers. Um, we'll be taking 20 Summers into its second decade because it's already been here for 10 years, if you can believe that. Um, Bill's been pr visiting Provincetown for decades. Some of his favorite memories, I understand, were of events at the Hawthorne Barn, concerts with up-and-coming musicians, conversations with established writers and scholars, and art shows. Um, so after a 30-year career in marketing and advertising, working in all sorts of places like New York and Los Angeles and London, um, he's coming to Provincetown to, to guide 20 Summers um, into the near future. So welcome to Arts Week, Bill. Thank you, Jeanette. Thank you. I'm really, really happy to be here. It's such a pleasure to have you. And I'm curious because you are moving from um, one phase of supporting the arts in a sense and marketing into something that's going to be a little bit more directly engaged um, with artists. How did that how did you make that decision and what are you looking forward to there? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Um, you know, as you mentioned, uh, I've spent about 30 years working in marketing and advertising, and I've always tried to um, interweave my clients with, you know, popular culture and the arts and advancing the arts and, and the issues that are affecting society today, you know, so that they could help to make positive change and impact. Um but I'm really looking forward now to really even getting more directly involved to that in a, in a less commercial sense, if you will, you know, so, you know, moving from, from that, that part of my career in life into more being directly involved with the arts and with the, and with the Provincetown community, frankly, I mean, it's such a special place. And I think that only a place like Provincetown could an organization like 20 summers have been imagined and brought to life. And so, um, I'm really looking forward to um, to engaging in that way and to spending more time there in Provincetown and on the Cape. Yes, that, that's always an, a, a plus whenever a new um, arts organization or a new artist or some, somebody says, this is a great place to do these things. And then it's actually also just a great place. Yes. You know, when I came across the opportunity in the early days of conversations around um, this position, someone um, on the board said to me, now you do have to be willing to spend a significant amount of time here. And I, my answer was, oh, twist my arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. I will grit yeah. my teeth and try to do it. Um, yeah. So, so I do understand that you do have sort of a past of, of, of being involved Um with with sort of this this community i wonder what your favorite memory is of the hawthorne barn what is it that yeah. really pulled you back here you know i started coming to p-town gosh more than 30 years ago and just like anyone you know sort of discovered it and um this the beauty of the place in in its diversity and its um and and all that p-town has to offer and so over the years, you know, the way that I visited have 
changed and evolved, you know, from when I was in my young 20s to, to now. So, um, and I do remember um, in the early days of 20 Summers, um, going to the Hawthorne Barn when that was, you know, when they were first establishing the festival. And um, I can remember hearing um, Michael Cunningham giving a talk with, um, I think it was Adam Gopnik, um, yeah. uh, just talking about their career and, and writing. And I was just so fascinated by, first of all, the setting of the barn is just spectacular. But then to listen to these two um, great writers talking about in, in that beautiful setting was just really exciting to me. Um, and then, you know, I fast forward on to um, later years, I can remember a very moving moment where um, I heard, I went and um, listened to Edie Windsor talking about, you know, her uh, fight and struggle for marriage equality and how inspiring and, and really moving that sort of session was. And that really kind of meant something to me. And even, you know, I think of some of the more lighthearted, but yet still intellectually powerful sessions like Alan Cumming and Isaac Mizrahi in conversation. I mean, that was a really fun and sort of raucous session as well as, you know, enlightening. So, um, you know, I, it makes me wish I had spent even more time in that barn going to more of the programming. And so, but I mean, those are three things that I think really come to mind when I think about the early days of the, of the festival. And I'm really excited by what it has evolved to over the last few years and expanded to, I mean, the, the resident program, and um, the kind of programming that we offer has just continued to expand and evolve and remain sort of unique um, to 20 summers. So um, I'm looking forward to season 11 even more. If you're just joining us, um, my guest is Bill Rail. He is the new executive director of 20 summers um, here in Provincetown. And Bill, for, for listeners who for some reason or another, are new to the Cape or, or new to the concept. Can you talk a little bit about what 20 Summers actually is? Because it does feel a little amorphous to some people. Is it a place? Is it a time? Sure. Is it a... <laughs> yes. I mean, we call ourselves an incubator for arts and ideas, and that's a, sort of a broad term to sort of encompass everything that we offer. But at the heart of the program, I mean, our spiritual home is the Hawthorne Barn which, you know, was, um, you know, the original Cape School for Painting um, founded by the artist Hawthorne um, and later by many other um, important artists um, in, in America. Um, that, that barn was discovered in disrepair, you know, more than, you know, a decade ago. And a group of people got passionate about restoring it and for it to become the locus of... Um, a festival, if you will, of, of, of arts and ideas. And that's how the organization was born. So today we still do, we hold events in that barn in the months of May and June, um, where we bring together artists, visual artists, authors, musicians, poets. Um, we even had um, someone in the culinary space last year talking about the intersection of cultures um, and his personal experience with that. Um, and so I, you know, the, we remain a, a sort of festival that happens in, in May and June, and where we also um, host 
um, a group of residents um, where we have resident artists who come in usually in two cohorts in two separate time periods where they're invited to come and create work in the barn as well as display and exhibit that work and be in conversation with the with the Provincetown community um, and anyone who, who is coming to visit um, us in our festival. So it really becomes, I think, a collective of, of people who are interested in the arts, as well as in social justice and the issues that are affecting society today, and how these creative people can come together to express themselves and, you know, um, to do their art form and really, um, you know, be in conversation with everyone else about everything that is affecting us today. And tell us how 20 Summers got its name. So that is the line from a famous um, uh, poem about the Cape, called Route 6, um, about going out to the Cape, you know, where they talk about um, the many years of, you know, heading out on Route 6 to get to the Cape. And so that sort of inspired the, the name of the, of the organization. It's a big milestone you've got this year, the 10th year. Um, I don't know if that makes you feel like you've got more responsibility or or if you just feel feel like you're you're moving it along. Um, but I'm wondering, I, I know we're not going to talk any specifics today because nothing is written in stone yet. But do you think there will be some sort of celebration or special events that mark um, this 10 year anniversary for 20 summers? Yeah, well, I mean, I have to say, too, that um, I'm really sort of blessed and excited that um, we have Alice Gong uh, as part of our team uh, because she is our programming director and will remain that. Um, what she's done with the organization over the last six years has really been tremendous, and her curatorial eye is, is just amazing. And so I can guarantee you we will continue to double down on um, the quality of the work and the diversity of the work that we're gonna be showing and the artists that we're gonna be bringing to town to be our residents. So you can anticipate that we're gonna have visual artists as well as literary artists and performers um, and musicians um, in the barn, you know, um, and, um, you know, bringing their work to us and being in conversation around the issues that are affecting society today. We've got some exciting partnerships and collaborations coming up too, where we're gonna be um, touching on some of those important topics. And so we'll be happy to tell you a little bit more about that in about a month or so. Um, and so, and and we will of course have, you know, a series of events. I, I think we will mark the, our, our decade point as we go into season 11. But it's not so much about celebrating us as an organization as it is about we're dedicated to really celebrating those artists and thinkers that we're bringing to town. And we want to make sure that the focus is squarely on them and that we become sort of a platform and, uh, and, and a resource for those, um, those people and um, the issues and the topics that they're talking about. The other thing I can tell you is that in addition to our regular season during May and June um, in the Hawthorne Barn, which will always be our spiritual home, we're also looking to grow and expand to other spaces um, outside of that barn and outside of that season. 
um, really in annex spaces, if you will. So in addition to, you know, I, I call the strategy, you know, the barn plus, you know, yeah. you know, what, where else can we show up? And, and we've done that from time to time and mostly through collaborating with other organizations and spaces in town that are that are significant to town. So we're going to continue to do that and look to collaborate with other organizations, you know, other festivals, um, other arts organizations in town whom we all have a great relationship with. Um, but we're also going to be looking for some more sort of permanent or semi-permanent space where we can continue our work even outside of the season. So I think those spaces will be um, supplemental to our work during the season, during May and June. But then for the rest of the year, we'll be looking for um, some space where we can continue to show work, hold conversations, um, and even host artists um, where they can continue to do and expand their work and engage with um, you know, their art form, but also the issues of the day that, that need conversation um, and, and, and community to come together. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm particularly glad that, that you're talking about um, you not just using more time, which obviously we'd love to have much more of, of what you bring to the Cape here outside of those that, that small time that you have the Hawthorne Barn, but also in terms of there are people who are unable to get to the Hawthorne barn physically because it's tough. It's, it's, it's not particularly um, great for people who have, um, have physical challenges. So I think it's really sure. particularly special and important that you do have some other venues so that everyone, not that people cannot participate remotely. Um, and that's wonderful when that, when that happens, um, but to be able to still be in a room with people, if you don't have that kind of um, physical ability, I think is is going to be really important for a lot of folks. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it is a very it's a historic building. So there are some certainly some limitations around it. Again, it was the entire inspiration to the creation of the organization. So it will always be our spiritual home. And we're so thankful to um, our patrons who allow us to use that space, um, who were part of the journey as we, you know, worked to restore it. Um, but again, yeah, we are, we do want to make sure that we're providing more access to our content and our programming and the people and the thinkers that we're bringing to town. And so I think other spaces um, will help to make that, that happen so that people can really get exposure to this work and to be part of that conversation and to drive, you know, more, even more community engagement because ultimately right. really where we, we thrive is that um, it's not just about being an arts festival, it's about being an arts festival in Provincetown mm -hmm. and the kind of people and the history that Provincetown has and sort of bringing that spirit you know, pulling that all the way through, whether we're at the barn or at some of the other spaces that we're seeking to sort of open up. Yeah, we're seeing so many arts organizations, I think, in so many communities um, shrinking or even disappearing. And, and yet the Outer Cape seems to truly be flourishing right now. Um, we've got a, a plethora of independent booksellers, which you don't find a whole lot of places. Um, we have a brand new theater company this year or yet last year. 
um, on top of the several theater companies we already had. Um, and I think, especially as you say, Provincetown has this commitment um, to nurturing new voices in everything from, from drag to opera, you know? And I'm wondering yeah. what your thoughts are about, you know, Provincetown protect particularly, but also just the Outer Cape in terms of what is it about this space that makes that kind of flourishing possible? And 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 how does how does it relate to what you're doing in terms of you couldn't probably, I'm going to guess, do what you're doing anywhere else exactly the way you're doing it? You're doing it because of a particular yeah. place, not just geography, but also history and, and so on. So if you could talk a little bit about that, I think I think that people would find that interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it does come down to place, but it also comes down to people. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, as America's oldest uh, art colony, it has such a special um, place in people's hearts. And I think there, there are layers of that history that we're just continuing to build upon, you know. Um, and, you know, the, you know, this is a challenging time. I mean, economically everywhere, all, all arts organizations are under pressure. We are certainly under pressure and continue to our efforts to continue to fundraise and make sure that we can continue to bring the kind of programming that we would, that we want to do. Um, but it is special in the Outer Cape. I do think that people do come together because they said, you know, we've, we've, we've lost so much in other places and, you know, particularly during the pandemic, we lost so much connection with other people. We can't lose this. We have to keep this place special. So I think, you know, again, if I go back to, there's the place that is, you know, the Outer Cape, you know, just the light, you know, from a very, from very basics, the light is different. You know, the, um, you know, Michael Cunningham talks in one of his books, um, about that light at the end of the evening when, you know, the sun is setting, but the, but the harbor retains a little bit of light on the hulls of the boats and that sort of magic hour, you know? So, I mean, it is a, just a special place physically and, you know, geologically and, you know, historically, but then also because of that long history of, you know, freedom and diversity and equity and inclusion of all kinds of people, um, I believe that there are, again, layers of history and, you know, um, creation that people have done over the years. And I think that's what makes Provincetown so special. You, Whenever you talk to someone, and I remember having this feeling myself when I came in my mid-20s for the first time, and you walk into this, what looks like a traditional whaling village, <laughs> and within within 10 minutes, you're like shocked and you go, wait a minute, this is not your traditional, this is not your typical whaling village. There's something different going on here. And that's kind of, you know, the people that bring that part of it. You know, there's this, you know, beautiful setting, beautiful light, but then also filled with uh, amazing and interesting people, both locals and visitors and, and part-timers and long-timers. And, um, and the way that they come together. And so I think that's what makes the Outer Cape so special in particular Provincetown. And I think that's what makes um, the arts organizations in town um, be able to thrive even during um, difficult times uh, because the, those people are, realize how special this is and wanna make sure that it remains.
So I want um, you to tell people how they can find out more and where they can go online to find out more. So certainly go to 20summers.org and that's 20summers.org to our website where you'll see um, any information about um, the organization. You can see videos of our past seasons, of course, which are very exciting. We actually just posted um, the 2023 videos. And so there's a lot of exciting content on there, um, including you know, a very special conversation and intimate performance with Roseanne Cash. Um, and uh, so you, if you look there, and then you'll be on the lookout for um, the announcement of our 2024 season, which will be coming out. Um, and, and on the website, you can actually sign up for our email where we will then send you um, the information when we're ready to announce our um, uh, the, the, the content that we have planned for this season. And I hope you will come back on the show and tell us all about it when you've got that all settled. Absolutely. I'm You're even though good. it's uh, February, I'm actually coming up to um, Provincetown this weekend. Um, there are a few things going on for the President's Day weekend. Well, thank you so much for being my guest on Arts Week, Bill Rail, new executive director of 20 Summers. Um, I look forward to this season and to talking more with you. I also want to thank everybody for listening in. We'll talk again soon. I'm Jeanette de Beauvoir. This has been Arts Week on WOMR Outermost Community Radio for Cape Cod and beyond online at WOMR.org. Quoi, yeah. mm. Get your squad.